Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon show. Uh, we're happy to have Blake on with us today. Blake, thanks for sharing a couple of bottles. I'll get into why you selected those bottles in a minute. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling we got the duality, uh, yeah. given the, uh, I'm, I'm in Atlanta. I don't know if you saw the show. Got the, uh, chat, yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. You got the, uh, the Atlanta pick because I figured, you know, give you something maybe you're familiar with, but you hadn't had from them. So, yeah, I I actually, I don't think I tried this in the lineup that we had with him off the smell. I'm definitely not recognizing it, but, uh, Mm -hmm. but hold on before we get started. So we usually like to, uh, (laughs) we usually like to ask the question or two kind of, uh, get, get there, get things flowing. You've already got it flowing. Hey, if you didn't see that, uh, as, as Marianne Eves would say, Mm -hmm. big, sip so, yeah. uh, so, so I, well i i poured the wrong bottle first so i feel like i had to you know get that one down and you know loosen up a little bit and now i'll pull the pour the duality with you all right so i just uh i, I when i should have asked i mean you may have wanted to go on uh, watershed first yeah. I, I figured watershed yeah. is a barrel strength uh that would be mm-hmm. our second tasting so mm-hmm. um all right so i i did check out your instagram page at um so in case you're not familiar with Blake, uh, you can find him at the bur- at Bourboner uh, on Instagram. Uh, some really great whiskeys on there. You got, uh, I mean, it's, we're talking new craft distilleries to old dusties and uh, where we're going to wind up towards the end of this thing. I definitely want to get into uh, some of the meat selection and uh, the barbecuing you're doing. So uh, I love the one uh, with, you had a, um, I think you had, I got a bottle of it back here. I think you had the, uh, the old Taylor. I don't know if it's the six year with a bone in ribeye, I think was on there. Oh, yeah. so, so I'm a yeah. big fan of that one. Um, so, so you're inviting a couple over to the house. Uh, maybe they're new acquaintances of yours. You're having dinner. Uh, what are you serving me to eat and what are you pairing with it to drink? Yeah. So, I mean, I think you can't go wrong with, um, you, you know, some form of steak or barbecue, uh, top picks are always ribeyes. Um, even though I had a friend tell me recently, he's like, yeah, I'm not really big into like the fatty cuts. I enjoy a tenderloin. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> it's an ex- ex- no, friend, right? You know, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just going to assume that everybody loves like upper prime ribeyes and uh, or, or some or, or tomahawk steaks and. Um, so too soon, too soon, too soon. They are not going to the World Series. Too soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's. I, I should have been a little more considerate for for Atlanta people watching the show. But uh, as a Cubs fan who's had to endure like years of terrible baseball, um, I don't feel too bad. Um, but uh, no, so, so usually something. Steak, potatoes, vegetables. Um, I, I really do love grilling and cooking. Um, my wife doesn't always love that because she accuses me of making way too big of a mess. But hey, it's you know, I'm the chef. That's why I have sous chefs that come in. <laughs> but no, so it's probably something like that. Either that or ribs. Um, 
hard to go wrong. You, you find very few people who don't love ribs that have been smoked for four hours and are really good. And then from there, um, the, you know, I, I think you kind of start with, I'm not huge with drinking bourbon with food. It seems kind of, um, kind of strange to me. I do like to pair it a little bit for the Instagram, but as far as actually eating the food, I don't like drinking bourbon. So I'd go some kind of red wine. And then from there, like, you better be ready for a tasting if you're coming over. Like, you, you, we're going to start with something you may like, and we're going to explore from there. And I'll try to tell people, like, hey, you know, I, I don't care what you drink. And I'm not telling you how to pour your own glass, but start small. Because if you pour two ounces, you're going to be hammered by about the third or fourth bottle. So <laughs> but uh, no, that's always fun things for me is to have people come over, let people try things they haven't tried or have always wanted to, or um, just, uh, you know, see new brands or, or try something dusty. Or, um, you know, I try to keep a collection at the house that gives me something to give everyone, whether they're, they're novices or whether they've been into bourbon for a while and you got to pull something out that's really old. Um, try to keep a good collection for that. So. Awesome. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the, uh, the date and time. <laughs> it's uh, not that far of a drive. So you tell me we'll get golf on the books. And uh, <laughs> so you're, you're in Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, and even though Sealbox is based out of DC, uh, yeah, I born and raised here. And then, um, whenever I bought the license moving to DC, wasn't, was it really in the card? So we just make it work. So I went to college in Jacksonville and I didn't, uh, I was a little, uh, U and F or J U. Uh, so, so it's now called Florida state college. Okay. Uh, so yep. it was a, it was a yep. two year school and then it tra- uh-huh. you know, f- moved over to a four year school. Um, and I'm trying to think I lived off of uh, deer something drive right there. Uh, <laughs> Deerwood. Deerwood. Uh, Deerwood. Yeah. yeah. And then the so, golf so course the right South there. Campus. Yeah. So, de- well, there's two courses there actually there's Deerwood and then down the street there's Deer Creek. No, um, no, no. So, so I played Deer Creek before a good friend mm-hmm. of mine. Uh, he's a member there. Uh, Chris, uh, I call him Belafonte just so I don't give his name away. Uh, so I played there with him, but then the course that I lived on, I lived in some condos and it's not there oh, anymore. Yeah. Was it Bay Meadows? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, oh yeah. <laughs> Funny story. So I made my high school golf team at Bay Meadows. I don't even know if it was country club. I think it was just Bay Meadows. No, golf. no, no, no. Yeah. It was a, it's a public, yeah. it was a yeah. public course. It, yeah. It, yeah. It, uh, it definitely was. I, uh, I told you before the show, I'm not a great golfer, but, uh, you know, we'd have to play nine to make the high school team. And it was basically like, Hey, we got to have six people and there may be seven people trying out. And so that was, a yeah, it's actually torn down and it's now all condos now. So, so when I was there, so I, I lived there from 2002 until 2005 ish, uh, late late in the year in Oh five. And then, um, so they had, uh, I think in 2005 is when they started, uh, is when they kind of shut the course down. Right. So mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. went from, you know, I could walk out my back door and I think I was on number seven, I believe there was a little pond there and there was like a little rain shelter around it. I think it was a part yeah. five dog leg, right. It went into those, um, like the apartments that were kind of all, all the way at the other end. And I really had a good time in Jacksonville, man. I'm, I'm a huge yeah. fan of Jacksonville. I love that place. I mean, that is, 
I've lived in a few cities, not not a whole lot, but I've lived in a few. That is one of the places that two of the places I've lived in in Florida. And I would absolutely move to Jacksonville. I'd move to Jack's Beach probably or Atlantic mm-hmm. Beach somewhere around mm-hmm. there if I, if I were moving yeah. back. But I would live in Jacksonville in a heartbeat again. And I love that town. And I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm obviously biased, but uh, I'm a big fan. You know, it, it's like we don't have everything a major city has, but we've got a pretty good bit. And, uh, but we have a lot less congestion and everything else as well. So, you know, pros and cons, I guess. It's like a really large town instead of a really small city, you know, instead of a, it's like, like a Dutch- seven towns kind of combined under one name, essentially it feels like at times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you mentioned you were playing, you had your, is it the club championship that's coming up? No, no, no. I'm not club championship. No, it's just the member member tournament. Member member. And what, cl- yeah. what club do you belong to? So this is Tim Aquana here in Jacksonville. Oh yeah. I haven't played and, that. Uh, yeah. I've heard good things. Yeah. It's a fun, you know, I, I didn't even know it existed until we, we moved to that side of town a few years ago. And I was kind of like pushing back to my wife, like, ah, I don't want to do the whole country club thing. And then we have four young kids. So it's like, Oh, there's a pool there. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then nice. that was when, you know, I took like a decade off of golf and it slowly picked it back up and, Golf's just, you know, it's a fun sport. If nothing else, um, I like to just, I'll go out and walk nine and tell myself, like, if you're frustrated, who cares? Because you're outside, it's nice out, you're playing, you know, I'm past that stage in my life where I think I'm going to be competitive and get angry and throw a club. Like, I'm there to enjoy it. Maybe I'll get mad and you know, 10 seconds later, I got to let it go. (laughs) Well, it's, it's funny you bring that up. So I was thinking, you know, we, um, so, so Dan and I have day jobs also, and you Mm -hmm. know, you have to do these like career development things. And I would always tell my, uh, my directors or managers, whatever, like, Hey, what, you know, what's your career goals? And I'm like, well, I want to make it to, I I knew I wasn't going to make the PGA tour. Right. I'm, I am shitty at Mm -hmm. golf, uh, but I'd love to play. So I'm like, well, you know, this is early on in, in my years. And I'm like, well, you know, I'll have a goal. Maybe I could play the senior tour one day. If I stay in good shape and I'm yeah. healthy, it's like I, senior tour could be something manageable. Well, as I've, as I've uh, progressed in years, uh, the senior tour definitely wasn't happening. So I'm like, well, Got okay. Tougher and tougher. Uh, yeah. well, and then Phil joins, right? Uh, and I guess they're still out there hitting 330 bombs on the senior tour, on the championship tour, right. whatever they call it now. Yeah. yeah, beating up on the old men. And every time yeah. Phil shows up, it's like, okay, well, we're playing for its second place at best. So I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. So how can we stay involved in golf and be relevant? And it's like, uh, well, we got to get this podcast going, man. Yeah, it's yeah. the only chance. We bourbon and, uh, yeah. So actually our club, they got a champions tour event next year that um oh shoot why, why am i blanking on his name but um uh it'll come to me in a second but they're bringing it in next october i think it is um that that they're coming so i'm, I'm pretty excited about that just to see them actually play and you, you know because we have tpc so you get to go out there and that's a whole different ball game of right. of golf but now you know everyone i feel like even on the senior tour every, everybody can hit it way farther than uh than i ever will be able us, to even as as a young you know 35 year old guy like it's just not happening there's not enough torque in my back to hit it over 300 yards 
<laughs> yeah, at, at this point, I've, I've crested 40, so I'm like, uh, shit, I'm going to hurt myself, you know, and, and, and I can't yeah. really drink more than I already do. It's yeah. like, I, I'm going to be classified as a person <laughs> with a problem if I go down that road. So then I have I'm to like, go to a real job afterwards and explain why I'm so sore. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so hold on. So let's, uh, we've, we've been tasting. So for those of you that, uh, that are just listening and not watching us, uh, we've already made it through, uh, I don't know, probably a glass and a half or maybe two glasses. <laughs> not, they're not full. They're just, uh, they're, they're handsome pours. And uh, so you sent over, uh, let's see. So we'll shout out to Chad at ASW. So we've got duality double malt is what I poured. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you poured first, Blake. Uh, yeah, so I, I now have the duality double malt, um, and, then, and then there's the watershed. Yeah, and then we've got the barrel strength watershed, which we did have somebody uh, appreciate. I posted these on Instagram today, and uh, we had a guy or a person, I should say, uh, that responded back and said, "How is it?" I'm like, "I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll find we're, out. We're, we're recording tonight, and we'll uh, we'll let you know." So, yeah. so did any particular reason that you sent these two? We touched on a little bit, but I'd I'd rather hear your explanation. So, yeah. So, well, one the the Atlanta connection on the ASW duality, and then two of the watersheds. One that we're going to be launching on Friday, and so uh, I always get you know, things from people. It's like, well, I heard you talk about this barrel, but it's all gone. So thanks so much. So whatever I do, I try to at least have something that will be available. Um, you know, I know this will probably get posted next week sometime, but, or I don't know what your schedule is, but, um, there should be bottles available. You know, I don't think it's one that'll just sell out immediately. And I think both of these really highlight what is really cool about craft whiskey right now. Um, and so, you know, to kind of dive into my background a little bit, you know, I had this blog bourboner and, you know, we did a bunch of private barrels. That was the Pappy Van Winkle release map, the antique collection release map. It's, you know, what new four rows of small batch limited edition, what ages there were. Um, then I started to notice there are a lot of really cool, smaller producers coming out. And that's kind of how CO box evolved. Um, you know, initially I was looking more just at private picks and then we started bringing on all these other brands, um, to kind of highlight some of these whiskeys because they're really good. And I think a lot of us, and I think there'll be even more over the next few years, but a lot of us are getting tired of never finding a limited edition bourbon that releases in the fall. And, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, I don't have time to, drive around to 50 stores, wait in lines, camp out overnight, uh, for a camp. Nor do you want I'm, to, I mean, what fun is no, that? Like a, a Weller antique, like, uh, I've, I've had it. I really like it. It's great bourbon, but, um, at this point there's plenty of other great bourbon out anymore. And at some level you, you try enough of bourbons from the major distilleries. You want to try something new. And so like, you know, this duality, what's really interesting about it is it's, uh, 50% malted rye and 50% smoked, uh, cherry, yeah, cherry wood smoked malt. Um, I think that's, hold on. It, it, I always get these mixed up. Um, no, I think that's right. Duality. And I think I'm going to swing by and see Chad. We are trying to get up there tomorrow. I don't think it's going to work out for him, but I think I'm going to go by. They, they just released um, yeah. optic pro- We back. All right, we get you back. Sorry, we back. Oh, sorry. Uh, you got me. Yep. Yep. I think we so. got you. Yep. Okay. Sorry. I'm. I'm. 
my computer. I think I messed something up. <laughs> but yeah, so it is malted rye and cherry smoked uh, malted barley. Um, so uh, y- you know, it's you're, you're getting a bunch of different flavors. You, you know, it's not a bourbon. It's a, it's a, it's a malt. Um, but just a ton of like leather and, and fruity notes and tobacco, like, like sweet tobacco and spicy raisins and just all this crazy stuff. And it's really good. It, and I think it's only, it's, it's like a little over three years old and just, you know, so I, I was so- pretty excited whenever I tasted this barrel. Yeah, so it's the single barrel pick. So for those that are mm-hmm. listening, so again, we're drinking the Duality Double Malt, and uh, it's coming in at uh, what do we got? We got fifty three. Should be one hundred and six proof. Yeah, one hundred six point eight proof. One hundred and six. Yeah. So if I tell you what, if you're a Scotch drinker and mm-hmm. and you're wanting to, uh, it's like hey, I don't really drink a lot of bourbon, uh, but I like Scotch because I like that kind of smoky, peaty kind of thing. Uh, this really fires and hits all those notes for me, man. I mean, and so you, you mentioned raisins, and I and, and it's it's kind of a mixed bag, right? Some people are like eh, raisins, I don't <laughs> like them. Raisins, I do like them, but I, it, this is I haven't really had anything. I mean, I'm almost getting like a kind of I'm, I'm going to say like that. New Orleans bread pudding with raisins yeah. in it kind of thing. I mean, it is yeah. like totally that note and, and it's, and, and then on the back end. So if you're, I'm thinking like, a uh, kind of like a sweet barbecue sauce with this thing that's smoky. Mm-hmm. I mean, this would yep. pair really, really well if you were doing, so if you're a, uh, you mentioned ribs earlier <laughs> and if you're, if you're a dry rib guy and mm-hmm. you like your barbecue sauce on the side, this thing is like totally actually this would make a damn kind of good like barbecue sauce on it would, the side. <laughs> well talk about making a uh, a, a, a whiskey barbecue of, yeah. sauce i mean this is like hands down man i mean this is now you're speaking my language now, now you're giving me all kinds of good ideas <laughs> well i mean but like this would make a hell of a glaze for oh, you yeah. could condense this stuff down and i mean this is like all over some baby back ribs man slow smoke those things i mean that is money right there so uh chad if you're listening uh, when's the, when's the rib fest, uh, Bourboner and I and Dan are, I would drive up, up for it. I'm more than happy to, uh, shoot all holla tra- or all holla smoker up there for it. So let's make that happen. <laughs> well, we could also get uh, Chad Parker from Eastlake. Maybe, uh, maybe he and, um, uh, is it Stuart Sink? Sink? Yeah. That's, uh, Stuart that's Sink, partners yeah. with. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we can get uh, the East Lake Golf Club. We can turn this into uh, like a overnight event, man. We may get around in at East yeah. Lake. Dude. Yeah. Get, get around in, have ribs, have whiskey. I mean, I, I can't think of a better, better re- or a better embodiment of the podcast, you know? <laughs> it's uh, birdies and bourbon, man. I mean, what more could you ask for? So, yeah, this is yeah. a really tasty pour. Thanks what for sharing this one. Yeah, yeah. Thanks no for problem. sharing this. This is, uh, it, it, this is awesome. And that's where, you know, ASW, I think a lot of people know it in the Atlanta region. And and now it just seems like they're getting even more national attention. So they have their Georgia Heartwood bourbon, which is really good. Um, And and I think they're just firing on all cylinders. So they're bringing in people. It's like, hey, if if you're into scotch, like you said, if you like that PD smoky, this is the American version of that. It's not. To me, I and I know Scotch drinkers will hate me for this, but to me, some of the Scot the peated scotches, the Isla stuff, is like drinking an ashtray. That's not what this is. 
to me. Like it, it's got a good balance of smoke. It's not just like heavy, heavy um, smoke. And then, or if you're a bourbon drinker, go drink the Georgia Heartwood, and it is really, really good. You know, they're they cut down. Um, I think they have pecan staves to it, and uh, yeah. just man, phenomenal bourbon. Um, and you know, pecan's one of my favorite uh, things to smoke with. So it all ties in. So, uh, no, I really like what they're doing. And is, any chance I get to, to kind of talk about ASW, I try to take the opportunity. So, yeah, this one's, I mean, I'm getting like some kind of chili out of there, mm-hmm. like some chili spice. And I mean, this yep. is totally like drinking, uh, like that four hour. Yeah. Risk it's it. not, this it, is good, man. It's not the day drinker for sure. It's the one you want to sit down, maybe smoke a cigar with it or just sit down and enjoy it. And it, and it just continues to evolve. Like you'll continue to get new things the whole time. So yeah, um, this would be great with a cigar. Like man. About it's, that. Yeah, yeah. It's got that nice kind of deep Amber finish in there. I mean, this mm-hmm. is, um, this is, yeah, this is crazy good. I, I don't, I told the, the ASW guys when I had them on, I'm like, I don't know why I've been, so you said it earlier, right? It's kind of like, Hey, I'm going to, I may give you something that you're used to or something that kind of, you know, where, where you kind of sit at usually. I don't know why living in Atlanta, I hadn't tried ASW until Dan, what we had him on maybe a month or two ago. We had, take. had him on like a month ago and, uh, Cal and I were talking afterwards. We, we had Chad on Chad. Remember number one, Chad was outstanding on the pod because that guy knows his stuff. He knows how to tell good yeah. stories. Uh, and he was entertaining throughout the entire time. I think we probably spent like two and a half hours with him on the pod. We spent a long time. Yeah. Not, I mean, not all, not all that was released, but we spent, yeah, a time. Yeah. And, it, but, and what they, product is outstanding everything was outstanding mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah I, I don't know why i passed it up and and again you know i mean probably just like everybody i shouldn't say everybody else i'm speaking i don't want to speak for everybody else but you know i mean in, in my simple mind it's like you know i'm, I'm if i'm going to drink bourbon i drink bourbons and scotch and whiskey i don't drink a lot of vodka we got another guy that likes to chime in every now and then sweet cream he's a big <laughs> vodka fan that's why we don't let him on the show but um <laughs> But, you know, and it's, you know, it's like, oh, it's Atlanta and, you know, and I, I want to drink like real bourbon or real whiskey. And, and I mean, these guys are really doing an outstanding job of making real whiskey yeah. and, you know, and, and just the things that they're doing as far as, uh, you know, finishing in Richland rum barrels. And I think they've mm-hmm. got a new port barrel coming in and, and, and it's, it's like, it's a different time. And so I'll stop in a minute and let, let you share. Cause we definitely want to talk about seal box a little bit and kind of what's going on there before we get into the, um, uh, watershed, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's the days of, you know, Hey, this is your dad's whiskey and you only have one bottle at the house and it's the same mm-hmm. bottle every time. I mean, there's so many, I mean, we've, we we're, we've, I think we've surpassed the craft beer industry as far as bourbon and whiskey goes because i don't taste a lot of crappy craft whiskeys i mean almost everything you're getting now is such quality that it's like i don't know why i haven't tried or experimented with that before because it is so good and it's the issue you run into is kind of like your issue behind you and i'm sure it's even bigger than that right it's like holy shit how much liquor can i buy and it's like no really you gotta try this bottle because it is it is it's different but it's different in a really good way 
that it's like, I, I, yeah, I got to try it. You're right. I do. And, and you're trying it. So it's a really fun time to be a, a whiskey or bourbon explorer right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just is kind of a um, parlay on that. It, it's just like that exploration is taking a step further. It's like, you know, the big guys said this kind of at the beginning of they make great bourbon, but it's how much variability are we really getting from a distillery who has two or three different mash bills? And then we're just picking from different ages and different places in the warehouse. Like, you know, you get some different flavor notes, but all in all, the, the profile is really, really tight on all of all of that. So then you bring in somebody new who's who's changing up the the mash bill or just, you know, the barrel finishings and all all the different kind of things and kind of pushing the innovation button a little bit. Um, And that's what's exciting to me is, you know, now granted (laughs) there are some bad craft whiskeys out there. I think we've all been burned on that before. We've all spent 80 bucks on a, on a craft bottle and it was, you know, you have trouble mixing it with Coke. Um, <laughs> but that was, that was much more prevalent five, six years ago. Um, and I've talked about this before where I don't think that whiskey can't be good at two years old or four years old. I think you just have to make it a certain way. Um, I always point to like Chattanooga whiskey where they, they get in depth on, okay, all right. If, if we want more vanilla, if we want more caramel, if we want, some of those older notes that you're used to uh, coming from the aging, how do we get that into the whiskey through the mash bill? And so they use like a lot of caramel malts, they use uh, toasted barrels, they use toasted and charred barrels um, and all these other things. And they look at the whole process to just make the best product. And that's where I think we are in craft whiskey today is there's a lot more stuff coming out um, that we've just gotten better at just because of, Time, education, more open, um, all the above that, you know, we're just making a lot more, a lot more and better whiskey because of that. So well, it, um, it's very user friendly, right? From the sense that, mm-hmm. so think about these malts that they're using. And, and I wouldn't say that that's, I wouldn't say atypical is probably not the right word to use, but it's like, how do we, so to your point, you know, how do we take one year, two year old whiskeys and, 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 and build a profile or an expression that stacks up to something that's going to be an eight, 10, 12 plus year. That's uh, that's kind of an eye grabber, you know, and, and yeah. I, I think that's exactly what we're walking into today and, and, and think about what's already being released. I mean, the, the next 10 years is going to be freaking crazy. And yep. what we're going to see, because you're going to see those two year expressions that are going to start coming out and they're releasing like that. And again, I mean, like, I want to pour this again. I'm not going to, because I want to be like somewhat coherent and not too belligerent at, at, at least for like 45 good minutes. So I may, uh, I may throttle down, uh, you know, in a minute, but it, I mean, like literally this is, I mean, no kidding. I mean, I'm ta- I've got like a Manhattan in, in, in a bottle or, or, uh, or an old fashioned in a bottle. I'm using that as a, just as a frame of reference, but this does not taste like I'm drinking uh, straight whiskey. I mean, there, there is absolutely, I get nothing from a bite on this thing. I mean, like no shit, man, I could fill up 
my, uh, I could fill up my master's cup with ice. I could dump that in there and I could not be talking very clearly by the end of this show or in the next 10 minutes. But I mean, but I mean, literally, I mean, you put the, pour this in a glass over ice, throw a garnish in it and you've, I mean, it literally tastes like a cocktail with all the flavor mm -hmm. profiles that are just exploding into this thing, man. It is, this is not pulling, um, Jack Daniels off the shelf and, and taking a hit of it or maker's mark. I mean, there's like this, I mean, you could sit here, we could do this one for probably two hours and just to and just sit there and continue to, yeah, just pick, pick things, not pick it apart, but pick things out of it and pick, you mm -hmm. know, profiles and, and how it's, and as it's sat here in a glass, it haven't let it set very long, but, uh, but yeah, it just continues to open and go. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's amazing stuff that, uh, that these people are doing in a short time frame. Absolutely. We had yeah. Tim on, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. We had Tim yeah, on. Yeah, I, I watched that one. Uh, or I think I listened to it, actually. I, yeah, I it, saw it on, but I yeah, finished on it, it on I think, in the car. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, what, uh, I mean, like crazy things that they're doing, right? And it, and it's, it, you know, and, and it just goes to show, and I don't know if you've listened to any of our shows. I mean, I'm a big, uh, I like to experiment with home blending, you know, so taking, mm -hmm. taking pre-made bottles and like mixing them with different things and kind of seeing, you know, it's like, ah, eh, this one doesn't really do anything for me. Let me add like that. I'm going to mix this with something. I don't know. I think I'm going to look for a good rye to mix it with like something that's that would uh, be interesting. Like, like a big yeah. heavy rye because yeah. if think about the raisins and the, that, that's it. I mean, this thing is like just attaching to my mouth when I'm drinking it. Yeah. Um, you're giving me I, ideas while I'm sitting here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm, th I'm thinking like, uh, like a piggyback six, I may reach back like you are and get this, um, uh, what have I got? Oh, actually I'm going to go for the rare breed barrel proof rye and Ooh. I'm going to mix. I, I think that's going to be a hell of a pour, man. I mean, that's going to make, uh, make something work. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, and that's the fun part of it to me is, you know, being able to do experiments like that and try different things and, um, you know, just see what you like, what you don't like. If, if you don't love it, go put it on the shelf. Hold <laughs> on. What, what, are you, what are you mixing over there, by the way? Uh, I'm mixing it with a, a single barrel McKenzie rye that we did. Um, so it's got a ton of like fruit and spice and all this different Oh, very uh, cool. All these different notes. So I'm going to see uh, what that's like. Uh, you're, um, you're not, you're not out doing me. I'll be back in a second. So, yeah. <laughs> here we go. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> My kind of show. It's, uh, but that's, that's the fun stuff to me. And that's how you expand your palate. That's how you start to pinpoint flavor notes. That's how you understand your own preferences and ultimately make better decisions. If, if you drank duality and said, Oh, I just don't like it. It's just got that smoky note. Okay, perfect. You don't have to drink anything smoky after this and you, you'll, you'll save yourself money on bottles. But if you say, Ooh, I love that. Then you may want to explore some other options. Okay. The rare breed rye. I like that. Yeah. So I'm mixing that with the, uh, with the duality. Ooh. I'm going to let it sit for a second. Hey, so, yeah. so let's go. So we haven't even promoted you. We've just been uh, shooting the shit and kind of going down. <laughs> but so, so did, uh, you are the founder of sealbox.com, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. correct? Correct. So, so how did like, other than you'd like to drink 
and you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. G- give me the why. Yeah. How? <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh, I, I always wish there was some like great backstory of how I got into bourbon, and that's um, there. There's not like I came from a family who didn't even drink, so uh, it's like no family heritage. And but I get on things, and I, I get on hobbies, and I love to dive deep into things. And bourbon was just one of those things about eight or nine years ago that I really started diving deep into. And then I, so I started a bourboner and we were doing a bunch of barrel picks, like I said. And then, um, about three years ago, uh, a company that was advertising on my site said, Hey, we're thinking about selling. Um, do you know anybody's interested? And I knew about this license in DC. And so, um, makes it a little bit easier to operate in DC. Um, and so I was like, well, I don't know anybody for the other store that you have, but I'm interested on the DC side. And my thinking was I would just run my private barrels through there. So I was already doing, you know, maybe 10 or 12 barrels a year. Um, and, and so I was like, I'll just run them through there. And all of this kind of at the same time, like we had just done a Wyoming whiskey barrel and it's like, why is nobody talking about Wyoming whiskey? They're, six-year-old bourbon. It's really good. Um, and then a few others popped up. Um, and so all this was kind of coming together at the same time. So I ended up buying the license, um, starting to operate out of DC and then just bringing in, you know, I just saw this niche of craft spirits that, that nobody was really filling where it's like, yeah, I get it. Um, in a store, it's hard to sell duality because, and you just walk and see it on the shelf and it's like, Oh, the bottle looks nice. Duality double malt. Okay. I'll keep going. But then whenever we sit here and we talk about it and it's like, well, it's 50% malted rice, 50% cherry smoked malted barley. That's what really sells people. And that's where I felt like the online presence that I had from bourboner would really do well for these kind of brands. Um, and I built up, you know, a little bit of a following from bourboner. So people had been reading my reviews, trusted the reviews and everything. So it's like, all right, it's not just some random person who's like, Hey, go buy this because we sell it. It's, you know, we have the advantage where we can just kind of work with whoever we want to work with. Um, so that's kind of the, the long story of how it got started. And then steel boxes, I don't know if you know the name or the story behind the name, but yeah, so, Louisville, Kentucky, the Seelbach hotel. Yeah. Yeah. The Seelbach hotel. So the bar. the bar manager there, he found, uh, you, you know, this pre-prohibition recipe or menu for the Seelbach cocktail and, you know, Seelbach hotel is very historic, like presidents have stayed there, all this stuff. And, so it was really cool that he could find this piece of history, recreate the cocktail, bring it back. Um, and then a few years ago, he came back and said, oh, by the way, that was just a cocktail I created. I made that whole story up. So uh, <laughs> is, that, is that a true story? Yeah, that's a true story. Yeah, so what, yeah, what's, but, the, what's the what's the ingredients in the cocktail for the listeners? Uh, so it's it's like it, it varies, but it's like seven dashes of Peychaud Peixo, bitters, seven dashes of, uh, Angostura bitters, uh, bourbon. Um, oh shoot. Um, I should know this. Is it, is it vermouth? <laughs> uh, is it, it's something like vermouth and then you, and then you top it with champagne. Um, <laughs> but it's something else. It's, it's really a good cocktail. I, I can't say I drink a ton of them, but I just love the story because yeah. you know, my thing with all this is there's a ton of people using the word craft and handmade and grain of glass. Like, but none of these words are regulated. So who really knows, you, you, you know, Tito's vodka 
is still craft vodka, even though it's the largest right. selling spirit in the world. And all they do is just bring it to Austin. I don't even know if they redistill it anymore. Yes. Um, Put a label and, on and it so, and uh, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so kind of our, my idea was to, you know, focus on what's truly crafted and, and, I'm not saying you had to distill it for it to be craft. I think the blending process is really underrated in American whiskey. Um, so let's highlight blending and some of these independent bottlers and, you know, um, so that became the idea and uh, just be full on about transparency and highlight these brands. And um, yeah, so it's been going ever since uh, we had the two year anniversary in July. So a little over two years old now and um, yeah, it's been going well. Well, business has got to be cranking now with uh, everything that's gone on in 2020, right? Yeah. 2020 has been a crazy, crazy year. Um, Yeah. We, we were extremely fortunate to uh, be one of the industries that was actually, you know, spurred on by the the lockdowns and everything because everybody wants booze. Um, And, and, you know, we're able to do some cool things like bartenders who were, uh, obviously weren't able to work uh, at the time, able to, bring them in and have them help us out while we were at an increased capacity. Um, but yeah, it brings headaches too, because it's like then UPS and FedEx are overloaded. And then, you know, we have people who are going to pick up pallets for us from distilleries and sure. the driver refuses to wear a mask. So then they won't let them in. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always something in a small business, but no, it's, it's been good for sure. And, and we've, we've really been fortunate to do some cool things just with, you know, the relationship we now have with privateer rum. Um, they usually do a big distiller store release and at their distillery. And because people can't travel, we were able to get a lot of that allocation or some of that allocation and sell it online and open it up to more people. And, and that's kind of the idea is to just, you know, spread these craft spirits out to the states we're allowed to ship to. And, um, yeah, just kind of grow the base as much as we can. So, so how many yeah, states? Yeah. How many states can you ship to? Yeah. Oh, that's that's a variable question. By the day, it seems like I, I think it's like eight or ten. It, it's not many. You know, I wish we were wine. I think wine's like forty three. But yeah, um, hopefully, spirits will get there eventually. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So, what what you mix? Uh, you mix the duality with uh, the McKenzie Rye. Yeah, I mix duality McKenzie rye. I think it needs a little more duality. I'm getting a lot of the, the rye notes. So Are you going uh, on to the watershed now? Well, I, I'm just pouring it. I'm going to let it breathe a little bit while, uh, okay. while I'm sipping on this other one. But yeah, okay. I, I did. I'm going to pour and kind of let it open up a little bit. So again, I just yeah. cracked these. So these are all fresh bottles. This, uh, the, this watershed is, it's um, it's crazy. I'll kind of tell the story because it's a longer one. Um uh, hold yeah before so this is uh, so we got barrel strength watershed distillery uh, this is a uh, Indianapolis or Indianapolis uh, uh, they're Indiana? in they're in Ohio um, they are oh what's the city um, yeah they got a stand Columbus um, Columbus Ohio Columbus that's right yeah and it's uh, it's coming um, in at one thirteen oh six is mm-hmm. this a uh, we got batch SB and yeah, this so this was a private barrel that we did as well. It's got the seal box on the neck tag. Um, and so this is a pretty cool one because this is as far as it, it's either the first or the second uh, bourbon finished in a Nocino barrel. So if you're not familiar with Nocino, it's a it's a green walnut liqueur. So I don't know what the process is for making it, but somehow they take green walnuts 
let them macerate. Then they add sugar, spices, all this stuff and make a liqueur out of it. And so, um, like, where, this, is that, where, where is that prevalent at? Where do they drink that at? Uh, mainly Italy. Italy. So there, there are very few American nocinos. Uh, the majority of them are Italian. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it makes like an incredible, like, uh, Manhattan and you can throw it in just about anything. Just add depth, add some bitterness, some sweetness, um, really interesting product on its own. The nocino is, um, and I was talking with a friend of mine, Aaron Goldfarb, he has the book hacking whiskey. And so we had kind of started saying like, all right, you have the book hacking whiskey about home blending and all this stuff. How could we hack a barrel? So we've done a few of them now. And this was one, he was like, Hey, have you ever heard of watershed? Like, no, no, I haven't heard of them. He's like, they've been around for a while. Um, but they're one of the few people I know that has a barrel age nocino. So typically it's just, they make the liqueur. Um, but, but watershed actually would barrel age in, uh, previous bourbon barrels, their nocino. And so I was like, well, you know, put me in contact with them. I'd love to chat about it. And so what we did here was they sent me a four year old bourbon sample, tried it and like, okay, this is pretty good. Um, like, all right, well, if you're willing to commit to the barrel, we'll put it in nocino barrel in a nocino barrel, and then we'll let it age. And you tell us when it's ready. Well, the first few months I'm like, Oh my gosh, what did I do? <laughs> did, did, I, did I go and just uh, waste you know, all this money on a barrel that I don't think is that great. And uh, <laughs> the story can only sell you so much. Um, and then, so after, you know, a month or two of that, I'm like, okay, like maybe, eh, maybe see a little bit of promise. And then after about six months, I'm like, Oh wow. Like it's actually starting to pick up on the, the sweetness is a little more subtle. It's rounded it out. Like the, the color on it is pretty crazy. Um, just picking up a lot of like herbally notes and everything. And then in July I tasted the sample. And I'm like, this is ready to go. Like this is really good. So it ended up being in the, um, Nocino barrel for nine months. Um, so it's four years, four years old and nine months, uh, bourbon. And it just, it's one of those things. It's another one where I don't think anybody's going to grab this bottle and pour it every single night, but it's just mm -hmm. a really interesting bottle. Like I get a the, ton of herbs, like mintiness and I'm getting like some and, anise on this thing on the nose. Yeah, like, that's fair. Like there's almost like some gin, like uh, fennel. I'm getting nose. some fennel yeah, on this like one. Fennel and then on the palate, like I pick up some of the sweetness but a lot of spice, a lot of just really interesting stuff. And so that's the stuff I love doing. You know, it's, it's really cool. Uh, I, I love some of the brands we carry and they sell really quick, but ultimately this is what kind of drives me his fun experimental projects like this, where, um, you, you know, we get to play around a little bit and, and try different things out. Uh, I think we did, um, although barrel bourbon, they're not, they've done all kinds of crazy finishes within the last year. So they took away a lot of our first, but, um, we had like the first ice wine finish. We did a rye finished in a gin barrel. We did the Nocino finish. Um, we have some other cool ones coming down the pipeline of like a rye finished in an absence barrel, or maybe a bourbon finished in an absence barrel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that like, that's, that's what I think craft whiskey should be all about. You know, I don't know if we'll ever 
we don't need to get away from like what makes bourbon and whiskey and rum and everything good. Like I think we should always have our standards, but on the private barrel side, like I want to be able to kind of explore a little bit and play around with some different things. So, um, that that's the fun part to me. Well, there's a foundation, right? And I mean, you, you yeah. can't move away from the foundation because you know, it's like the, the, the classics, if you will. And, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, the, the foundation or the classics, I mean, they give you the opportunity to build, uh, you know, and play around with some of these things like this to me. I mean, this says, um, I'm thinking of, uh, I, for, I, mean, I know you said there, you know, we got Atlanta ties here, but like with both of these, I'm kind of getting, um, I, I'm drawn to new Orleans with both of these mm-hmm. drinks and I'm getting I, like some, I know it's walnut kind of base, but I'm getting a lot of pistachio out of this watershed. And I'm thinking there, yeah. it's not, not pistachio pudding, but there is a pistachio. Yeah, but like dessert. that. What, what's that like? It's like the green. I know. I'm trying to yeah, think of it. And like, that, what's that called? Because that I, is I exactly know. the. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it's like so. I'm and it and it's. I think this is aged for maybe six years or so. I, so I don't the know. Bourbon was originally four years old, okay, and then it was in the Nocino for another uh, nine months. So technically, it's. Um, yeah, almost five years. So this is probably two or three years older than the duality, right? Yep. The duality is yep. maybe give or take mm-hmm. two years. And surprisingly, yeah. this is the, the watershed is I, I'm it's hitting my palate pretty thin, uh, mm-hmm. not, not in a bad way. And I'm getting a lot more alcohol, not in a bad mm-hmm. way. I mean, I haven't I'm just drinking water just to kind of, you know, clear and uh, and, and retry. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, so it's kind of, I don't know, is it, is it debunking the, well, the older, the whiskey, the thicker it is, I don't know, you know, it, I would it, I'm not going down that road, but it, it, it is a little thinner than the ASW is. And it's probably mm-hmm. because of the mash bill. And am I reading that there's, um, there's five grains in this or is that, am I looking yeah, at so they different? use, um, and before I mess that up, I'm going to pull it up to be certain. I was, so I was looking use, at something that said spelt it, and it, I don't even spelt, know what spelt is. So spelt is, I, I, Jim Beam did a spelt, um, whiskey one time. So, um, they use, uh, yeah. So while, um, while Blake's looking yeah, at so up, they use corn, so. wheat, rye, barley, and spelt. Um, and yes, yeah, Spelt is like some kind of grain. I, I've had spelt bread before. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's like a, also known as dinkle wheat or hold wheat. So it's kind of like in the wheat family, I so guess. It's a weeded. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's like they should have just called it a double weeded, and then uh, all the bourbon guys would have gone crazy for it. Yeah, so. right. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> so if I would have tasted this before I got uh, premature as usual and poured the uh, the rare breed rye into the duality. I actually think this is going to mix really well with the duality. It, it actually probably would. And this one, I think does. And I talked about this with somebody else where, you know, Fred Minnick used to give him a hard time. Cause he's like, Oh, this is a good cocktail whiskey. And it's like, is that Fred's way of saying this sucks or, uh, but uh, <laughs> no, like this one, I truly think is a really good cocktail whiskey because mm. it highlights a lot of other things. So you, you know, you could mix this with Nochino and and do like um like like a Manhattan where you, you substitute Nochino for vermouth and add bitters and all this other stuff. And that's where I think um 
you know, kind of understanding the product and, and I get it. Like I sell it, I'm invested in people liking this stuff, but not every craft whiskey is for everyone. So there's just going to be things you don't like, like new riff. I love them. Um, they released, uh, one of their, it was the, Oh shoot. Hold on. I got it behind me. It was, um, their back setter. I liked the back setter rye. I did not like the back setter bourbon. I pretty much like everything they do. So, you know, but I love that they tried something new. I love that they kind of pushed the boundaries a little bit. It, but it doesn't they, mean that it's bad. It does. Yeah. It just means that, that, that I, I didn't particularly care mm-hmm. for it. I mean, Hey, if that's the only bottle you got and I show up at your house, guess what? <laughs> bring, bring a damn glass over. I'm drinking yeah. it, right? I mean, that, yeah, hey, exactly. My, my like, fault for not bringing my own bottle. But so, <laughs> life so, lessons: bring your own bottles, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, right. So you bring up a good point with the Nocino, and and I'm I, I'm a I'm a I'm I love gin. Uh, I'm, I'm a big mm-hmm. gin fan and, uh, and, and I love a Negroni. Like if you say, mm-hmm. Hey, you get mm-hmm. one cocktail, you get one. It's Negroni for me all day long. And it's not about the gin. It's about, uh, the bitter and the vermouth. Mm-hmm. And, and I love, I, I had a chance to go to, uh, Oaxaca, I don't know, a year or two ago. And we went to some really shady places <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, you, the you, best ones. you yeah. get this, you get this, no, yeah. I mean, but we're out in the country, man. And you know, it's like, uh, you know, at what point are we going to get surrounded by, you know, 1982 <laughs> Datsun B10 pickup trucks yeah. with guys with machetes <laughs> Cartels and coming out and... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but you know, it was a very cool trip. I would absolutely tell any, one, even if you don't like Moscow, Oaxaca is a place to go and experience the country, the culture, and the people. It is fa- it's a fantastic state, and everybody's warm and welcoming. So I'm and where I've got to, I'm going somewhere. I promise. Uh, but you know, I love a Moscow Negroni. But I mm-hmm. use I use a mezcal, mm-hmm. I use Punta Mess, and then I'm using you know some maybe it's Campari or some of the kind of bitter whatever. But I mean, these are two really good substitutions for the base spirit in a Negroni. I mean, one, you've got duality. That's going to be, give you kind of that. You don't go like super smoky with a mezcal mm-hmm. or a scotch. It's kind of a, I guess it would be more of a, a smoky Boulevardier. And yeah. then, and then if you go the watershed, I mean, again, I'm getting kind of that nut and I'm trying to think of, you mentioned, I don't know if you mentioned the name of the liqueur, but there's a liqueur that's a really nutty, um, and I can't think of the, da- uh, it's, it's almost, I'll tell you. So I would go with the watershed. I would go watershed Chinar and Ooh. a bitter. And I think that would make yeah. a hell of a play. I don't know what we would call that. I guess we'd call it the nutty, <laughs> nutty Negroni. I, I don't know, but yeah. it, it, yeah. or, or the, uh, the, the watered down Negroni, I, but, yeah. but I, I yeah. think that would be a really nice play with that kind of artichoke and that tartness in the mm-hmm. Chinar. I think that would really polish off a, a good play on a Negroni there. Oh, for sure. You're giving me all kinds of ideas. And uh, now I'm like, oh, I got to go home and make these cocktails. You'll you'll, you'll get the bill later. Don't worry. (laughs) Thank you for the suggestions. Here's your invoice. Oh, boy. Uh, But no, I mean, I think I think that is, uh, you you know, we'll always have our 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 purists who think, you know, a, a barrel or whiskey should never be finished in another barrel and you shouldn't add ice and you shouldn't add you shouldn't make cocktails and you know, you probably shouldn't have fun or go to the movies too, but um, that, that's not quite what this is all about. Like 
like I, I think of these things as ingredients at times and then, but I think they also shine on their own. So um, find out where you like it. And, and that's a lot of times a great introduction for people who are just getting into it. It's like, Hey, I don't know what I'd like. It's like, well, okay, well, what do you typically drink? And uh, if somebody is just getting into bourbon, I'm not going to hand them. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or if that's what they love, I'm not going to hand them like, okay, here's 130 proof, uh, 10 year old bourbon. Like that just doesn't make sense. So it's like, okay, let's, let's prime a cocktail for you, get you into it that way. And then you start pulling back a little bit and you, you know, I think everybody takes for granted that we all started at some point in this. And, you know, I had a bottle of maker's mark in my freezer that I thought that was what made you a cool bourbon drinker. At some Give me the point. biggest, <laughs> cheapest bottle you got that I can get with a fake ID. Exactly. Uh, exactly. It's like, uh, okay, that was what I thought was making me really fancy was, you know, I went to a steakhouse and ordered a, uh, a crown on the rocks fresh out of college and i'm like let, let me let me get it. the let me get I've the bullet with a big rock let <laughs> yeah. me get a bullet bullet bourbon with a big rock and like i'm, I'm winning and it's like yeah. but i really don't yeah. like bourbon that much and it's like right and, and i'm not dogging out bullet i'm not cal, dogging I think, out. cal i think you're picking on me again <laughs> but, well i get i and i kind of enjoy it at this point a little bit but i love bourbon and coke i i can't stop myself i do too from, it's just good. Like it, it give me a bourbon and Coke in a, on a fall day, preferably at a Florida tailgate. And it is just, you know, one of the, I'm not going to call it a cocktail. It's a mixed drink, but it is one of the perfect mixed drinks you can have. And so I'll throw it up on bourboner and uh, just without fail. Everyone. Oh no, you get you dogged out for sure. Mix, mix, you know, okay guys, I get it. It's Eagle rare. But, you know, what's but, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Blake, earlier on, you said you'd like to drink, I think, wine with steaks, right? You don't like to mm-hmm. drink bourbon mm-hmm. with steaks. And um, it was interesting you said that because uh, Cal and I have talked about this before as well, but I was either reading one of his books or I heard him on an interview or whatnot, but Adam Perry Lang, who's like kind of like a master mm-hmm. of meat or whatnot, said he loves to to drink bourbon or like a whiskey with, with steaks because it kind of cleans the palate. Um, okay. So yeah. maybe maybe pair that with a wine and maybe a bourbon. But he like, but, but I think the point he was making was that in terms of the bourbon, like it was kind of like a cleanser, if you will. Yeah, because so, I like, could see that. You, you know, cause when you got the heavy fatty steak and you're eating it, and um, you know, I think I'm like putting the Holy Grail Meat Company's kids through college at this point. Where, <laughs> where like, you, you know, a little bit of bourbon. I think it's more of a temperature thing for me at mm-hmm. times. Like, I would maybe actually throw a, a rock in there or something if I'm eating it with, with or if I'm drinking bourbon with food. Um, I'm probably telling on myself a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, Adam probably knows better than me, so I'm going <laughs> to go, no, I'm not go with, with I his advice. I'll give it a shot. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm never yeah, try, but, uh, afraid to try, uh, try it out. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. So let's say, you know, I mean, you, you bought the whiskey and it's your whiskey or bourbon. And I think you should damn well drink it however you want to. And who's to yeah. say, who's to say that I'm drinking it incorrectly? And, you know, I mean, the folks that are saying, you know, don't mix your, um, I don't know, what would I mix if I were mixing? Oh, you know what I mix all the time? I mix, um, I mix old granddad, one fourteen and mellow corn. That's my house blend. Mm-hmm. And I call it mellow granddad 
right? And if I'm having a, and I do, and I do it regularly and I, mm-hmm. I do drink Coke zero, I'm trying to keep this uh, in his uh, older figure into some kind of, uh, you know, positive. So I, Coke zero, but I, I love a good Coke zero and a mellow granddad, <laughs> extra, he- extra yeah. heavy on the mellow granddad, easy on the Coke. But they, there's nothing on football or yeah, football Saturday and SEC preferably in a red a red solo cup and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I got a collection of these Masters cups that I uh, oh, that I tend to fancy. use. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah like real it. real fancy. I think I dug this yeah. one. I, I picked this one up out of the trash can actually, and I'm like, dude, you just threw away like uh, I mean the beer was I'll like that with me. Yeah, the beer yeah. the beer was two dollars and fifty cents. The cups worth like seven fifty on eBay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'll exactly. take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, let, let me get into, uh, let me ask a question. You may maybe trade secrets and you may not answer. Um, so in getting Sealbox set up and what do you say you're two years in, give or t- two year anniversary. Mm-hmm. So, so we're working, we're in our third year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you set the company up in DC. Uh, was there, was there a lot of red tape to go through and was it a huge burden? And so, and, and Tim, so we spoke with Tim with Chattanooga whiskey, uh, mm-hmm. a month or so, a few weeks ago, and he was very forthcoming. So, and, and then, uh, hold on. Uh, but I mean, if you don't know that people are trying to imitate or do what you're doing, oh, sorry, did I, did I cancel? Let's keep on going. Am I here? Yeah, yeah, I think I got yeah. it. Yeah. So, but just so, so we spoke with Tim with Chattanooga Whiskey, and he was very forthcoming with what they did in Tennessee to be able to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm sure you had to go through some of the same hurdles or, you know, more or less, whatever. But if you'd give me, if you give the listeners kind of a synopsis, and hey, if you think competitors aren't coming, you're wrong. That's the reason we're doing things like this to promote uh, sealbox.com. And uh, Hey, if you want to order liquor online and you're one of the states, you can get it, you know, that's where you should go. But, uh, but what, what did that look like? If you can kind of par that down into a cocktail format. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we didn't go through near because I didn't have to change any laws like the Chattanooga guys did. So I was very fortunate there, you know, everything was in place it's just a long process and it's one thing after another. I mean, it's, you know, it's, Hey, your, your fingerprints didn't come back or, uh, you, you've got them dead in Florida and we need it. It's like, okay, you know, it, there's just so much red tape in the alcohol industry. Um, so I didn't have nearly that, but I mean, so, so we've been operating since, uh, July of 2018. Yeah, that'd be right. July of 2018. I actually got the license uh, basically January 1st or maybe late December of so been like, call it January 1st, 2018. So there's seven months there of just getting set up. And I probably started talking with the previous owners about selling at least a year before that, actually a little over a year. Um, so it was just a long, so this has been almost four years that I've been, mulling over the idea, trying to get everything set up. And it's just, you know, in the alcohol industry, nothing's fast, nothing's easy. Everything is pulling tape, pulling tape, pulling teeth or cutting through red tape. Um, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's always competition coming. Uh, I always look at it as, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. Um, we kind of have our plan in place We're we're moving forward and we're growing. Um, and, and really competition is, 
it's good for everyone at at some level. Um, we, we have our niche, uh, but the more people are moving online, that means the more options there are. And so then you have more customers getting more comfortable with buying you know, alcohol online. So I, I think that's fine. Um, you know, we've never tried to compete with the big guys like Caskers or Flaviar, any of those, because I think, you know, they're bigger than us. They, they serve their, their customers and their crowd. And, um, you know, we kind of do our own thing as well. And, um, you, you know, if nothing else, I, I don't, think anybody's taking on the Nochino finished bourbons and uh, <laughs> so all that. And that's what I've always said. Like, I don't want Steelbox to be the, the place where you find every possible craft spirit. I, I think it is, or I want it to be the place where you find the best vetted craft spirit. So, um, you, you know, I don't really want 12, you know, butterscotch rum, pineapple rum, and, and there's nothing wrong with flavoring as long as it's done like naturally, it's transparent and it's, it's a little bit different or, and unique. Um, but, you know, so we're not looking for 15 kinds of rums and 13 different flavors of vodka. We're, we're looking for a little more in depth. Um, you know, we've got one coming in this week that I'm really excited about. I've been working on for a while. It's fragrant. You, you want to share that with us? Know. Yeah, so it's Frey Ranch. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen them, but they're out of Nevada. And uh, but so they grow all their own grain. They uh, you know process the grain. They they distill. They barrel. They bottle everything on their own ranch. And it, it, it's just an incredible product. It, and you know I, I always say typically you have like one or two of three things. It's either a good product, a good story, or a good design. Design slash marketing. And very rarely do you hit all three of those in a product and they've just kind of knocked it out of the park on all three. So, um, they're one I'm excited about. And, so, and that's, you know, I think there's always a market. I think there's going to constantly be more customers coming in who are tired of the bourbon limited release rat race, but they still want something cool when their friends come over. And so that's, that's kind of the market we're looking to serve. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I'd say, uh, I wouldn't say you're looking to do it. I'd say it's done. we can always take more (laughs) i I didn't i didn't mean it that it's mature yet but i'm saying you've accomplished the goal for sure yeah you know blake Uh, i've got kids that got to go to college (laughs) (laughs) perfect so blake you know one thing i was thinking about when i think about you is like you have been in this for quite a while since 2013 you started your blog and you're looking at and, and you talked about this early on the pod in terms of you're looking at the bourbon industry and saying there's a lot of micro bourbons or whatnot that are coming out, the, you know, the craft bourbons or whatnot. And you see, Cal and I see it all the time. We talk about this quite a bit. You know, you got these big guys that have got these bourbons that are just these, these trophies that are insane to get. You got to get intense and you got to go out there. And it reminds me a lot of the watch industry with regards yeah. to what's going on in the watch industry right now. So if you want to get the new the Daytona, it's like, I don't know, it's like a five-year wait list or whatnot yeah. and whatnot. And you got people like Hodinkee are out there talking about, you know, the different types of watches. And they're like, I'm so tired. Everybody's showing me their, their Pepsi GMT or whatnot. And you're doing the same thing where you're not, you're, you're showing people there are all, there are different types of bourbons and whiskeys out there that are mm-hmm. different and, and, and yeah. awesome. And these are the ones that are like, they're available and try these because 
they're different from those, but you're going you're to have a great time with, with these types of bourbons and whiskeys out there. Yeah. And that's where um, I think we kind of take it for granted in the bourbon world as well. We think we're the only niche that has this crazy collector side. And so I've actually been working on a post. I need to finish it at some point for bourbon or where I interview people from other, um, other like collectors communities. It's like, I have a buddy of mine, he's putter ho on Instagram where he, he collects putters and he talks about all these and he'll have like, I'm going to mess it up, but there's like Scotty Cameron putters that are some one-off release of this person's what, and it's like a $5,000 putter. And what makes it a $5,000 putter? I don't know, but <laughs> we, no, no, we all kind of have you our, just say you're, did you just say your buddies with putter hoe? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's Jacksonville as well. Can you, can, yeah. can you get this, uh, can you get this connection made? <laughs> Absolutely. He'd love to come on. He's a big bourbon drinker and he, he lives in Jacksonville and he, I, I need to he, he, tell, tell him we're, uh, we're, abra- we're abrasive, we're rude <laughs> and we have no Perfect. idea what we're talking about. Yeah, no, no, he'd, he'd be a great one to come on. He, uh, he's a great guy and, uh, he's finally off of like his injured reserve, which he's been on for, I don't know how many months. And, uh, then he went in, he went on lockdown for COVID. So I need to get him back out on the golf course, but no, really great guy. And that's kind of the fun thing is like you, you meet people that they're in the bourbon community, but then they're also in these other communities as well. And just really good people. And, but crazy. Exactly. You, you bring them both together perfectly, <laughs> but, but that's the stuff I like. And so it's, it's, um, you know, I think you could still do both. We, we can collect the crazy stuff, but you yeah. still have to hit a six foot putt with uh, some pressure on the line <laughs> or some money on the line when you need to as well. Well, or Dan could miss, miss the two footer that should have been a gimme, but I'm like, I ain't giving him shit because he wants a stroke on every hole, including the yeah, part you, threes. You got to put that out. You got to put that. <laughs> I don't want the part threes. <laughs> uh, so, oh, all right. Funny. So Blake, let me ask you, we're getting, uh, we're wrapping up on our hour here. We've kept you, uh, we, we, no shit, man. We really appreciate you spending all your time with us. Uh, uh, are all this fun. time with us. I mean, it's, uh, I've definitely got a good, uh, kind of good buzz going on. These are great bourbons. And, you know, as I'm tasting those and I tasted this with a rare breed, I mean, that duality still has like a punch, man. I mean, that is like a fan. I a little more of it because it, it kind of has me like itching to go back a little bit. <laughs> the, the du- I mean, and I, I like the watershed also. It's the, mm-hmm. the, the, the watershed, um, com- I, is it fair? Can I compare the, I'm not going to compare the two, but can I talk about the two? Yeah. You can do so, whatever you want. It's your show. <laughs> uh, no, 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 absolutely not. This is an avenue to have uh, guests like yourself on and, 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 and there's nothing negative. So for those of you that are just listening, I'm going to pour a little bit more watershed in here. It's, you know, the, the only, if there's a dis, I shouldn't say a dislike, but if I'm going to, what do we call it on like social media, like a, uh, you know, a star rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not even a star rating. It's just the watershed for me is uh, it's, I like the nose. I like the palate. It's just a little thin for me on the, on yeah. the finish. I don't, I don't get a lot of finish on it, it, but it's still really good. And again, like, that's why I'm thinking that thing goes really good with, um, with a Campari. It's going to yeah. kind of thicken it up a little bit and kind of beef it up. But, 
you get that, uh, what'd you call it again? The, uh, the Nocino? Nocino. Yeah. Nocino. Yeah. <laughs> you get that Nocino. I get anise like immediately, mm-hmm. right? Like kind of yeah, right in the face, which is, is good. Yeah. And that's where I think it's all coming from the spices they add. Uh, the green walnuts add a you know a different level of, of of bitterness that that I think comes out, and that's where some of the kind of more herbaly notes are coming from is that green walnut. Um, but yeah, just just really yeah. good stuff. And no, uh, it, yeah, it's awesome. That's again, like you said, I mean, that's one you keep on the shelf. Dessert. Yeah, if I'm, you mentioned yeah. uh, you love pecans earlier. Like if you like pecans, that is if you're having pecan pie and vanilla ice cream. I mean, this is something mm-hmm. uh, you just pour you pour you a glass and uh, hammer down, man. I mean, that yeah. is uh, excellent. Yeah. You don't need any. You don't need any toppings. Just do the pecan pie. <laughs> just that. And actually, I did make. I made a pecan pie the other night, and I forget which uh, liquor I used with it. I think I may use larceny, which now that I'm tasting this, I discredited uh, that this should totally, this may go in my next um, pecan pie recipe. Ooh. Hey, you know, I would say just, you got to find cool uses for it. And I think it highlights it. It it accentuates certain things. So yeah, throw it in a pecan pie. I bet that'll be good. Yeah, a little, uh, little bourbon pecan pie. Uh, let's see. So I was heading somewhere down the road with this uh, larceny. I mean, excuse me, with this ASW duality. I don't remember where it was, but well, we got to hit up. We got to hit up, um, and this is going to be fun this week because I spent a ton of time in Jacksonville, and Cal used to live there. But we need Blake's Diamond in the Rough. So Blake, Ooh. Diamond in the Rough, off the beaten path, restaurant, golf course dive bar, oh, whatever. So where are you going that we need to go next time there that we probably haven't been to. That's like, Oh, Murphy God. Murphy's right. for a dollar beer night. On, <laughs> dollar Guinness night. Murphy's dollar beer Guinness night doesn't count. Peace bar in Atlantic beach or Neptune beach is not oh. going to be uh yeah, no. Oh man. So diamond in the rough. Um, that's tough. One call me. We'll play golf somewhere. <laughs> we'll either play at uh, my home course or somewhere else. Cool. Um, but golf. Yeah. I'm pretty boring at this point with golf and because the, the course I play at a lot is five minutes from my house. So it's uh, an easy trip up there and back. Um, and a lot of the courses around here have just been getting redone. I think read, like this month, like San Jose, wow. Pablo, and uh, Ponte Vedra are all opening up this month after a redo. Um, so those would all be good. Uh, Mojo's number four is still my favorite bourbon bar to go to. Uh, it's in the Avondale area. Um, really good barbecue. They were the first ones to ever do this bourbon scene in Jacksonville. Um, they still have some some really good really good pours at, at, at decent prices. And, and that's become the hard thing is we've gotten a lot more. There's, there's one in uh Ponte Vedra called Julep. There's a uh, uh, Valley smoke. Both are really good, but the, but the pours are, you're, you're going to pay for what you get in general. Um, so uh, Mojo's is definitely good. Uh, Blind rabbit out at the beach. They still have a really good selection. Um, and then, yeah, so Valley Smoke, uh, they have a really good bourbon selection and uh, good barbecue, but Palm Valley Fish Camp is probably still one of my favorite restaurants to go to, and it's out in Ponte Vedra. Um, so are you, are you on the west side? 
Yeah, so I'm on the west side. So I'm I'm like like Orange um, Park. No, not that far. So so we're like just west of downtown a little bit. We're okay. Gotcha. Called Ortega. Yeah. Yeah, Ortega. Yeah. And, and what's the what's the little town? So if you go, so if you're taking, so you go 95 and you take 295 and go west. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the Fleming little Island? Like, like little five points or so, like five points or something? Oh yeah, like so that. there's there's five points. There's Avondale, and actually five points is picking up. They they uh you know for bars and that kind of stuff as well. Um yeah, there's five points. There's Avondale. Then across the river, there's San Marco. Uh, grape and grain, great bar for bourbon. Uh, they also have around. a good yeah. yeah package license, which um they've they've really picked up their selection recently and they, they do occasionally have some, some good prices on stuff cause they'll just, they'll price it to sell. And, and that's always good to see. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll be honest, I don't get out a ton that much <laughs> with, with, uh, young kids, uh, the, the, the nights out with the wife are, are few and far between at this point. And it, for some reason, it's hard to get babysitters to, take four kids seven and under i don't know why that seems surprising to me sir but, uh, sir that is your that's your fault that is yeah, your exactly fault. exactly and if it, so, and if it's not your fault you need to ask for uh yeah. assistance. <laughs> i've got more questions to ask then but uh no no there's a, there's a lot of good stuff in jacksonville now um yeah, cool. even downtown calford chop house is, is uh really good so yeah cool cool great answer uh, buddy great answer yeah. Hey, uh, so Dan's got a drop. Dan's got another date tonight with, uh, with a golf course he's got to go to. So, um, uh, but, uh, Blake, if you don't mind, if you'll stick around for just a second, uh, we want to record, I, I yeah. want to chat with you for a minute or two and have another drink if you're okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've got a couple minutes. I will have to leave. Oh yeah. Cool. Somewhat soon, but <laughs> uh, yeah. I did All get right. the text of like, Hey, how hey. long until you're home? But no, we're good. Dan, great talking with you. So yep. take care. Cheers, bud. Till next time. Yep. Cheers. Yep. See you, Dan. Thanks.